your Facebook post just went viral a couple days ago and people have shown their respect towards the fire department by reposting firefighters like yourself put their lives and their health at stake to protect us. So firstly, on behalf of my uh, fellow Americans, I would like to thank you and the California fire department for the persistent efforts in containing these overwhelming fires. Were you expecting your Facebook post would, would become so vile the way it did? Um, I had, I had no idea it was going to go viral like that. You know, I'm, I just had, you know, few hundred friends at the time and you know 30 likes was pretty big to me i was just hoping for <laughs> all right 30 likes and i was on the fire and i didn't have good service and um i finally got a little bit of service and i looked at my picture and it was up to five thousand. and i go oh, man something must be wrong with my uh uh facebook but you know it just kept on growing and growing and i was like wow <laughs> It's it's really cool though to have all that support from everybody. You know, um, it's it's been rough. You know, all around, <clears throat> been a it's been a tough couple of weeks here. So mm. yeah, and, and just to let you know, to clarify, I'm in I'm in Washington right now, and I'm fighting the okay. fires over there in Washington. Respect. And <clears throat> so yeah, that's that's where I've been. Yeah. So can you tell us a little about yourself? And how long have you been a firefighter for? Oh, yeah, I, I grew up um, on the reservation, uh, the Colville Indian Reservation. Uh, I lived in a little town called uh, Nespelum, Washington. And, um, you know, grew up there pretty much my whole life around when I graduated. I did construction work for a couple years. And after that, I just jumped into fire. And I've been doing it for 20 years now, but wow. um, um, but I I grew up with it too. My dad, he still fights fire, so it's kind of you know I'm a second generation firefighter, and you know that's just it's been normal. It's kind of around here. There's not a whole lot of jobs, and one of the few jobs there is is you know fighting fire. So I just jumped into that. That's uh that's very respectable. The the job you and your family has done is it's something that's not not recognized enough and i think recently with the fires people are starting to understand the importance of firefighters even more um you know um in efforts of fighting these fires how is your health and how are you and the other fighters fires doing um it, you know my health is you know pretty good i feel all right, you know, I got, I'm banged up. I got some swamp foot going and, you know, my wrist is hurting and my shoulders hurting, but, you know, it's just normal when you fight fire. That's just kind of what you sign up for. Mm. Um, yeah, our health is good. And it's just a lot of us, you know, it's, we don't do it for money. We don't get paid a lot of money. You know, a lot of us, it's, this is our homeland and we're kind of like the, the modern day warriors of our tribe and that's how mm. we look at it we're defending our land and so we we go at it you know we don't get paid a lot put our lives at in danger all the time but you know we have a lot of pride in doing that and that's what keeps us going i totally agree with that i i think i don't i definitely i i don't think uh firefighters are paid as much as it should be considering the 
the fact you guys are putting your life at stake, you definitely understand the immense uh, p- potential dangers that are involved in this job. According to the latest updates, uh, we have approximately one, uh, 19,000 firefighters battling 27 major wildfires statewide. So appro- approximately 3.2 million acres have burned so far, and this number is very likely to increase. What is the game be- uh, what is the game plan behind tackling these fires as resources are limited? Um, the game plan, you know, is so far we, we try to do the uh, being proactive instead of reactive. Um, I think, you know, a, lo- a lot of people are recognizing that our, our fires are getting bigger. You know, this mm. 2015, um, our reservation had the biggest fire in Washington history. And wow. I was looking back at um, our records on fires and, you know, look in the 90s, 7,000 acre fire was, you know, a big fire. Now we're looking at 150, 250,000 acre fires. And, um, you know, th- that was just four or five years ago, we had that fire. Now in Washington, we have this other monster mega fire, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, I hope people are recognizing that it's, becoming the norm these big huge fires and i hope Mm. people you know like i was saying start become proactive and reactive instead of reactive and you know that that's key um just like when i was taking that picture um the picture was you know i i did a 10 i started at 10 30 at night and i had a crew we went into the fire and it was 50 mile per hour winds and we had a sagebrush country and pine tree country and so it was just ripping um and when i took that picture uh so i was working all night got to that house and the house did not have a dispensable space you know there was four foot grass growing all the way up to the house there was old fence around there there's brush all over it and I got to the house and they just told me, go down the road and uh, defend this house. You know, the fire is coming. So I got to the house and I looked mm. behind the house and there was, you know, 200, 300 foot flames coming at it. And I had about five minutes to react. And um, <clears throat> so I did what I could. And with the hand crew, we couldn't do much. We we're so stretched on resources. We couldn't get an engine in there. It was just a 10 person hand crew, my crew. Mm. And um, so dealing with, you know, 200 foot flame links and 30 foot flame links, it was just going all over and it was ripping. And so, and there was homeowners there and, you know, they were there, you know, to the bitter end. And I knew they were normally, I would have just pulled out of that house because there was, it was dangerous. Um, you know, I have 18 year olds, you know, not making much money and I'm, you know, putting their lives on the line when I'm in charge. So I tried to make the compromise because the homeowners were there and I I don't know how I'd feel if, you know, we had left and those homeowners had died or something, you know, like that would happen because that was very likely to happen in that situation with those type of conditions. So I made the compromise. I put people in uh, watching our escape routes and I put half of my crew 
pointing out, ready to go within about five seconds. And the other half was looking at, out for our escape route. And the meantime, I was running around the back, watching the fire, looking for any opportunity I could to get in there and be effective with our hand crew. And it, it was it was pretty hectic, you know, flames all over me. And, you know, I just ready, had my, my um, radio ready to say, get out of there, get out of there. And it was pretty stressful, but the fire blew over and it was... Um, done and we were able to do a little bit of work but as soon as it blew over it was going to another house we went to the other house right afterwards and in between that i took a picture of myself and i was like looked at it I was like oh that looks pretty crazy and so <laughs> that was crazy 100 and it had a defensible space you know it had a green lawn it had you know they took care of their brush around the house and it was night and day difference um all we had to do was sit there, watch the fire, do a little backburn, and it was done. You know, from the house that didn't have a defensible space to working with the house with a defensible space, it it was you know big difference. And um, luckily, all the houses made it, and we didn't lose them during that time. But it just the amount of safety between having a house, defending a house with a defensible space is huge. And I, you know, I can't stress enough for people to go out. And if you're living in, uh, in areas that are prone to fire, uh, in the forest or wherever, um, you need that defensible space, not only for yourself and your house, but also the firefighters that have to go there and defend it. So, you know, that's, that's what I'd like to get across more than anything is just, you know, these fires are getting huge and they're getting dangerous. And, mm. you know, for us and yourself, you know, make that defensible space. What's the mindset involved in being a firefighter? Cause this situation is, is something that's, that can be traumatic for a normal person who's not used to, you know, what's the mindset involved in, in being a firefighter and then surviving through these dangerous events and being normal after that, just going about life like you do. Uh, it's, it's weird. I know I didn't really notice it until I came here. I had to go to my mom's house to do this podcast and it's like, Oh, I'm back in the, the real world again. And hmm. so it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Cause it's like, we live, um, out there, you know, 16 hours a day, or we might be doing 30 hour shifts, you know, I've been working the fire constantly for the past 14, 15 days. And it's either a 24 hour shift or a 30 hour shift or a 16 hour shift. And um, hopefully on Wednesday, I get my day off. And, but, you know, so we're always living with our, you know, head on a swivel, you know, that's common term you know, when we work. So it's just, we're always on the lookout and it's, you know, it, it, it gets, it gets hard, but you know, a lot of us are used to it. You know, there's a lot of adrenaline junkies out there. It's, it's you know, mm -hmm. takes a certain person to not only work that hard, but to confront that type of danger. And <clears throat> so, yeah, it's, um, you know, just like yesterday we had a, we had to bring a guy to the hospital because we we're falling trees and the tree came back and 
hit him in the knee. So we all had to crew up and get him bandage his leg. And we all had to carry him down the hill. You know, it's just, that's just the world we live in. Um, you know, I, I think someone like yourself deserves to, of course you are a hero. There's no doubt about that, but has the government has has the government done anything for you in return for your services that are out that are standing out at the moment um no like i was saying earlier you know it's just we did our paycheck and then you know we're kind of just expected to do what we do and um we find our reason to do it and like i said a lot of us we just take a lot of pride in it some of you know is just we want to defend our land you know that's that's our our thing we want to protect people we want that's our job and you know i think once you get a taste of you know you you help save a life or you help uh defend a home you know you're kind of hooked you know i've i've tried to get out of this job you know a couple times in the past uh 20 years i've i've worked and but i i never could i just come back to it all the time wow um since you have been in this firefighter, you know, you've been a firefighter for so long, how do you think um, Trump's policies have impacted the fire department of California? What I see is, you know, he doesn't know the scientific part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he doesn't understand it from what I've read. You know, I'm, I fight a lot of fire, so I'm not really into following the social or the you know politics and stuff like that i really don't have a lot of time to do that stuff I understand. But, um but yeah i just from what i've read it just doesn't seem like he really understands you know the mm. you know the facts and the science behind and while an overwhelming majority of scientists do believe that global warming is real there are approximately 31,000 scientists who would support the claim that global warming isn't real at all and partly because rich companies are financially funding research that will suggest that global warming isn't real. For example, the uh, Oregon Institute of Science and Medicine released a petition, and this is a quotation from the petition, uh, you know, to reject the global warming agreements that were written in Kyoto, Japan, in 1997. So do you think global warming is real? And if so, what do you say to people who say global warming is not real? Uh, I myself, yeah, I personally am a, a believer in it, you know, just based on my job, you know, I don't, I can't go in there and actually research it, but based on my job, I see the fires getting bigger and bigger all the time. Mm. And um, we've been going through, you know, I look back at uh, the nineties and it's just like, uh, we're getting a lot more droughts now, you know, this, this fire um, that we've had um, it's probably the most devastating we had, even though we had like a 300,000 acre fire in 2015. This one, you know, a lot of houses, a lot of structures were lost. Um, somebody, you know, a civilian died. And, you know, from when I started, fires weren't nearly this big or devastating. So, you know, we're we're constantly readjusting our tactics and um, trying to stay with the times of this, these fires, these mega fires. And um, so uh, 
I, I think it is there. There's definitely something happening. There's a reason these fires are getting bigger and bigger. If there is something you would like to tell people on an individual level on how they can help with these fires that are currently going on, what are some things that we can do on a personal level that can help these fires? Um, like I said, you know, um, defensible space, you know, if you're out there and you, you live in the forest or you in some area prone to fire, you know, create that defensible space. You know, um, a lot of the, what we use is uh, firewise.org and that has all the information on, you know, defending your home and how you make that defensible space. And, you know, people go there and they look at it and they learn how to defend their homes and they, you know, make a serious effort towards that. It's, you know, it's, it's much needed with these fires that are happening. And so if personally on an individual level, I, I would, I would say that because that makes a huge difference in defending homes and saving firefighters. Absolutely and it's, a lot of things is this, a lot of it is just common sense too. You know, I heard the uh, California fires were um, what was it from parties of uh, revealing parties, I guess. And you know, it's just common sense. You know, you, you, if you're out there and you're dealing with you know that type of field types, you, you can't have fires around. And <clears throat> Also, it's just like the, I'd like the continued support. It seems like when we have fires, we'll get a lot of support during the fires, but then afterwards, it's all forgotten, and we deal with the same struggles. You know, mm. people get mad when we ban fireworks. People get mad at us when we ban burning or we uh, restrict logging activity. You know, it, what we do, and we make those decisions. Um, based off of experience and we based it off of scientific facts so you know it's it's hard when you know we understand and understand that we we want people to enjoy the outdoors and everything but you know we make these decisions to defend the forest and defend homes and that continued support and that's continued effort and around here we have so many fires i think we have our, our uh, reservation is 1.4 million acres. And I mm. think we're up to 130 fires, 35 fires that we responded to this year. And the wow. big one that we just had where all the homes were lost and people were lost, that was, I think that was the 135th. And then we had two more right afterwards. So, you know, we're around 140 fires that we, responded to and over here we're pretty underpowered you know we don't have all the resources we for that we have about nine inches nine engines and three dozers and uh we rely on like the forestry staff and the wildlife staff and the range staff to come together and fight those fires because uh you know it's just it's just hard we don't have the resources to do that so we make these restrictions and to help us and to help the forest right on i don't want to take too much of your time and especially because you know you need to rest and thank you again for whatever for all the effort you're putting inside to protect us and save our communities from these fires 
Thank you so much again. And one last thing before we before we end this podcast, is there anything you would like people to, you know, to to take away from this podcast? If there's one thing people should take away from this podcast, maybe from your life experience, what is that one thing? Um, I would say, you know, be uh, be proactive, not reactive. We're coming to an age of uh, mega fires and, you know, you have to be ready for that. Um, all of us firefighters, we, we go out there and we fight fire, you know, with our hearts, you know, um, and that's, <clears throat> that's what we do. A lot of us, we're, we love what we do just, and that's why we, we have our jobs. It's not for money. It's not for um, any type of glory. We go out there to defend homes and people and, you know, we have a pretty strong brotherhood out there and um, if, you know, it gets tough and if people want to help, you know, start making that defensible space around your house. And uh, also, I I just wanted to touch up, I, I hope I'm not like doing this promotion thing, but uh, I've carried a video camera around with me. I've because my job title is a uh, fire prevention officer. And so I've been trying to do a lot of social media outlook. So I've been making this video, you know, pretty much since these fires started and, you know, getting three to four hours of footage a day. And I was going to make a video. It, at first it was a promotional video because we're losing a lot of young firefighters. We're, our young firefighters have dropped drastically. They've not interested in doing the job anymore. So <clears throat> I've made this promotional video, hopefully to get some younger people, you know, interested in fight fire. And I'm gonna be making that video. It's on me and my crew and just following us for the past 14, 15 days and giving people a better understanding of what we do out there. You know, um, it just follows us day by day and, you know, uh, the things we go through and after I'm done with this fire I'm going to start working out I'm, I'm going to um, go through it and start editing it because I, I have a little bit of experience of editing videos and so I'm going to make this video um, on our trip so I'm going to release that probably on Facebook uh, hopefully within two weeks and so it, it'd be great if people you know showed some love and you know shared the video and you Most get certainly. to experience our lives you know <clears throat> i'm definitely looking forward to it it sounds like it's it's uh, it sounds really interesting um yeah. and i'm really looking forward to it so people can find it on facebook uh is there any chance uh, you would have an instagram as well because most of the younger generation no. in California, especially, no. is using I'm, I'm Instagram. I'm old school. I got Facebook. <laughs> I came back. <laughs> I came from the MySpace days, and Facebook was uh, as the only place I ever went to besides MySpace. And so, I got my Facebook page, and that's uh, you'll find me at Stepool Costin. Um, that's my name on Facebook. So if you look there, you'll be able to find the video in a couple of weeks. Once again, thank you so much for your time. And I, I don't think words can honestly reveal or explain the amount of respect for I have for you and the other firefighters involved in the fires right now. And be safe. 
and keep it up with the good work, man. Uh, all these firefighters deserve a lot of love and a lot of respect. You know, they do go out there and risk their lives for Absolutely. peanuts. And, you know, it's, it's good. All the support is just overwhelming. And I thank everybody for all the shares and likes and I guess blowing up all over. And it's just, goes to show the support for us firefighters and, and it, it feels good not just for me but to see all the firefighters getting that respect